Turn with me, please, to James, the uh, fourth chapter, and let's believe the Lord for utterance and exactly what we need to see and hear this morning. You know, it makes all the difference if you hear just out of curiosity or with a desire to learn or if you hear with a willingness to do. Amen. <laughs> makes a lot of difference as to what you'll get. Out of mercy, there have been times when the Lord hadn't said some things to us yet because he knew we wouldn't do it. And we'd just be accountable for it. And he allows us time and opportunity to uh, get more receptive. And there are times that it's the mercy of the Lord. I've talked to some uh, single people before. And uh, sometimes folks have uh, been antsy and go, well, you know, where's my spouse? Where's my spouse? And one lady was kind of you know, a little ill talking to me about it. You know, I've been believing God. I said, well, now, uh, if if they came around the corner right now and saw you, are you ready? Are your finances ready? Are you ready spiritually to not be selfish? Are you ready emotionally? Are you ready this way? Are you ready that way? A lot of times it's the mercy of God because if they met you right now, they might just keep going. <laughs> oh, we're having fun now, aren't we? <laughs> or the opportunities. People say, well, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm chomping at the bit for, for the next thing. Really? If you had it, if you're not prepared, you can mess it up. Are y'all listening? Some folks think they're ready for some things. And if you got it today. And you're not ready for it. You could have it messed up in six months. Phyllis and I have noticed this. There have been numerous times that we've thought, well, you wonder why this has taken so long and, and months turned into years. And then when it finally happened, we've looked at each other and thought, man, we couldn't have handled this one day earlier. We just thought we were ready. It's easy to think you are when you're not doing it. Brother Hagin used to say this all the time. Brother Kenneth Hagin, Sr., my father in the faith, he'd say, preparation time is never wasted time. How many believe that? Preparation time is never wasted time. So wherever the Lord has you, if he, he's bringing you into this church now and, and you're learning things, he's get you, getting you into a team or into these things, don't despise Anything as trivial or small, everything the Lord's doing is preparing you for the next thing. I know Phyllis and I have talked about it uh, as we worked and had jobs as teenagers, both of us did, when we were in school, high school even. I worked at a, uh, well, it was an old-fashioned uh, country store. General store, that's the name for it, general store that developed into a little shopping center. But man, we did it all. I worked in the uh, meat department part of the time, prepared ground beef, chopped up chickens. Then I would uh, clean up and put my jacket on and go up in the other part of the store and sell somebody a refrigerator. 
or a stove. And then I would go and uh, get somebody's car and, and pull it around to the back and put it up on the rack and, and put them on a set of new tires. And then I'd get a call and I'd go get out the fire truck. <laughs> I was part of the volunteer fire department. Go put out a fire in somebody's barn or something. <laughs> Phyllis had a similar situation. And we had numerous jobs, and we had no idea. And by the time we got into the ministry a few years, we both began to talk about it. Everything we did has prepared us for what we're doing now. And the years of ministry we've had prior to meeting you now, every part of it has prepared us for the next part. So uh, don't be antsy. Don't be impatient. Don't be frustrated be diligent at what's going on right now. I know, uh, you know, we have an aircraft and, and I fly it uh, myself. And, and uh, in learning how to fly, especially learning how to fly fast equipment, we had uh, one of my first type ratings. I was in ground school for days and days before they'd even let me in the simulator. And, uh, man, you know, we're describing things that would put you to sleep, you know. PSI this and, and voltage this and you're looking at schematics and diagrams and, and memorizing stuff and you're thinking, okay, okay, okay. And, and I, you know, I, I want to fly. And so then you get in the sim and an engine catches on fire and you're thinking, what did they say? What did they say in the car? You wishing you'd have paid more careful attention to what was going on because it was not just for no reason. And how many know what's going on right now in your life? You will be tested on this material. Not might be, you will be in life. And how many think you don't have to postpone your enjoyment until something happens later? You can enjoy every step, every rung up the ladder. And can you? You can. You can enjoy your training. You can enjoy every opportunity. Do you believe it, saints? So uh, let me assure you, and those of you that have walked with the Lord for any length of time, you know it's true. As soon as you pass some tests and you're able to handle it, you'll have it. And if it just keeps on going and you don't have it and you don't have it, guess what? You ain't ready. You may think you're ready, but you're not. I assure you, the harvest is great. The laborers are few. He needs every one of us doing the full measure of what we're called and equipped to do. But it does him no good to give you a responsibility that you can't handle and then you just botch things up. And it can be the mercy of God at times that you don't have it yet. That you're not in it yet when you're not ready. You have to pass tests to be promoted. Pass faith tests Pass obedience tests, pass, you know, development. You got to grow up, grow up in love, numerous things. So uh, don't be frustrated and don't be antsy and anxious and all these things. Focus on the lessons at hand. Focus on what's available to you right now because what you do with today determines how quickly you get to the next thing or even if you get to the next thing. Everybody pray it out loud. Say, Father God, help me to realize where you have me, what's going on, 
Help me to see the value of it. And to learn the lessons. And to develop where I am now. And to be fully prepared. For what you've prepared for us. In Jesus name. Amen. So be it. So be it. Did you find James? James chapter 4. Now we have been talking about some of these things. And I want to continue. It's actually uh, emphasis of a different part of the same subject. We talked about our authority in Christ. And we looked at this scripture. James chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, but he, God, gives more grace. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? Man, grace is one of the biggest words in the Bible. People say, what is grace? And and oftentimes you'll hear people say, well, it's unmerited favor. That's the tip of the iceberg. It is that, but it's so much more. The grace of God, for one thing, the word grace basically means gift. We have a word gratis. And it comes back to these words of grace. uh, Free. Gift. Something that God gives you freely. But what can he give you? Well, he can give you anything he is and anything he has. With enough grace, you can learn anything. With enough grace, you can understand anything. Students, listen to me. Never ever say something is too hard for you or you can't learn it. You can't understand it. You can just be in a mental fog and the grace of God can come on your mind and it just falls into the columns. And you see how this connects with this and this connects with this and you just understand it. Students, ask for grace and wisdom to understand. Genius is not as unreachable as people think. There's no limit to what you and I can learn and understand. Our minds are not our physical brains. The brain's just the organ the mind functions through. The mind is unlimited. We will continue to learn and grow throughout eternity. There's no limit to what you... Don't say, well, I never was a good student and I never liked school. And Forget all that. You are a son of God, male and female. You have the capacity for brilliance. You say, well, you never saw my report card. You're not listening. You, maybe you weren't thinking right, weren't believing right. I'm telling you how to do it. If you start believing right, your spirit will open up. Your mind will open up. I mentioned Brother Hagen a moment ago. He tells how that as a student before he was born again, that he made terrible grades. He made failing grades. And I don't know if you ever heard Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry, but he could quote two-thirds of the New Testament mm-hmm. verbatim, just out of his spirit. He'd just start quoting and just quote chapter at a time. Wow. You think about a guy like this, can't pass in school, failing. But he said when he got born again, something happened to him. 
And he began to get in the word and learn about faith. He said his mentality increased a huge percent. And he went from failing to just acing them, the tests over a period of time. People are limited and they limit themselves by unbelief and by wrong talk. By saying, I can't. I've never been any good at that. Quit saying all that kind of stuff. Say this out loud. If I need to learn it, I can. I can understand anything I need to. Now just starting off with that will set you in a position for God to grace your mind. And quicken your understanding. But if you go in fearful and I'm afraid I can't keep up. And I don't know if I'm getting what they're saying. That fear will grip you and dumb you down. And you won't be able to. And it'll be a self-fulfilling prophecy. I told you I couldn't get it. (laughs) Yeah, but you could have. You could have. Some things you ought not be messing with. It's nothing to you. You don't need it. Other things you need to learn it. Other things, I don't care if you're 50 years old. God wants to open up a whole new area to you. I don't care if you're 65. He wants you to learn something that you've never understood before. A whole area that's just foreign to you. Well, the thing that you think you're so good at. Years ago, it was totally foreign to you. You didn't know anything about it. And this area, even though it is like Latin to you, it can become very familiar in a matter of time. You just start where you are, and you learn one thing, and you add something else to that, and you add something else to that. Say it out loud again. I can, by the grace of God, learn, understand, remember, do anything I need to do. Thank you, Lord. God would give some people some new businesses. He would open to some folks some new professions. But it will require you having to learn some things. And a lot of things. And your flesh doesn't want to do it. And especially if you had some unpleasant experiences. (laughs) In school or university in time past. Forget all that. Today's a new day. You're a faith person now. You got the Holy Ghost inside you. And you're learning how to yield to him. And you can learn anything you need to learn. I'm looking at you saints. Do you believe this? This is not just Keith talking now. He wants to. The Lord wants to. Add a whole new area to people's lives. Sitting in this room and watching by internet. He wants to open up a whole new area of life to you. He wants to teach some things to you. And he wants you to become good at it. In a matter of time. Just a matter of months. Some things just a matter of a couple of years. You can go from a complete novice. To a so-called expert. You can. If you're willing to put your flesh under it. And get a hold of your mouth and make it talk right. And and say, yes, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I'll do it. If it's going back to school, I'll do that. If it's taking some courses, I'll do that. 
If it's reading some books, I'll do that. If it's practicing and learning some things, I'll do it. Why? He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. And he wants to make you a blessing. Somebody said out loud again, I can. Learn anything. Develop in anything. Understand anything. I need to. How could you do that? By the grace. By the grace of God. We have folks all over the ministry that thought they wanted to do something else. (laughs) And now they have begun to learn in an area that was completely foreign to them. And now several years later, sometimes five, ten years later, fifteen years later, man, other people come to them for them to teach them how to do it. And there was a time when it was, you know, they were Ned and the first reader. They didn't know one thing about it. Nobody starts out knowing everything about something. No matter how developed they are in it right now, there was a time when they knew nothing about it. And if it's God's call for you, if you're supposed to do it, and not just talking about praying and prophesying, God's involved in natural things. He wants witnesses in every part of life. Do you know that? He wants witnesses in the legal fields, the medical fields, every area. Do you believe it? He wants witnesses. And one part of your witness is that you are so good at what you do. You are good at what you do. Why? Because you have help. You have Holy Ghost help. You're in the middle of something. And the Spirit of God just brings something to you that wasn't in the textbook. He just shows you things they didn't tell you in school. Because he knows everything about everything. Thank you, Lord. Would you be open to the Lord taking you into a new area? Teaching you some new things? For some folks, it's the same area. You might call it the same profession or business, but it's another level. He's taking you beyond where you've been to a higher level of the same thing. And it'll require some some learning, but you can do it. You can do it. None of this is in my notes. But I believe it's something the Lord is saying to us. Would you receive it? Would you receive it? What did he say? James 4, look at it again. James 4, 6. What does God do? Thank you, Lord. I can't finish reading my text here yet. He does what? He doesn't just give grace. Isn't that what we're talking about? If you need to develop beyond where you are, then you need more grace than what you've been operating in. Right? More grace to learn, more grace to do, more grace to excel, to develop. Said out loud, God gives more grace. More grace. More grace. With enough grace, you can do anything. You can be anything. If you say, well, I've never done that before. Well, neither have the folks that are good at it. At one point, there's a point in their life when they've never done it before. Everybody. Nobody starts at the top. Nobody starts fully developed. 
with enough grace, you can receive anything if you won't talk against God. If you want so like that, that's too hard. Well, if you say so, it is for you. And you may say, well, I'm not smart enough to get that. You're right. (laughs) But you don't have to be limited to your ability. God can add grace to you. And now you are smart enough. I'm not able to do that. You're right. But don't stay there. You're not by yourself. You're not alone. Let God add grace to you. And now you are able to do it. You are able to do it. Now he won't just do everything for you in the front. You have to step out by faith. And there may be times that it's challenging to you. And it doesn't seem comfortable. And it doesn't seem easy. But if you keep believing him. And you're supposed to be doing it. There will come a time when something comes on you. Something just kind of drops in you. And you know I can do this now. I can do this now. And it wasn't just your efforts and just your pushing. It was grace that was added to you. Thank you, Lord. I remember right after Phyllis and I first got married. And uh, I had no experience in ministry at all. It wasn't the direction I was looking to go in life. And one night praying, I began to have some things come up in my spirit about pastoring. Now, the only thing I knew about pastoring was a little community church that we attended, very small and uh, traditional. And I thought, well, you know, my, in my mind, I thought, well, is the Lord dealing with me to possibly pastor that church sometime? And I lay there in the bed and, and thought, no, I can't do that. I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know... How could I do that? And, and would I even want to? And, and I didn't get much sleep that night. <laughs> Tossing and turning about thinking about, I don't, because what I was doing, I was examining the requirements against what I had right then. And early that morning, I'll never forget it. The Lord spoke to my heart. He said, son, don't be concerned. By the time you get there, I'll have you ready. By the time you get there, I'll have, he talks to you the way you understand. And so it was, what, uh, 20, almost 25 years before that happened. (laughs) After going to Bible school and being in the ministry and traveling on the road and, and sure enough, he had us ready. By the time it happened. But did you hear what I was saying? I was comparing what I felt in my experience to the requirements of the job. I thought, I don't measure up. I can't do it. And it was true. But by the time the Lord got me there, he had added to me. He had added to me grace and experience and there was development Well, that's not just true for pastors. And that's not just true for so-called spiritual ministry. God wants to do that for every believer in every field, in every walk of life. Do you believe you're supposed to be a witness in your community? 
in your workplace, in the business world. And you don't have to just preach at people all the time and throw scriptures at them. Your life is a light. Who you are, how you function, how you operate speaks volumes even when you don't quote a scripture. People can see the word even if they don't know that's what it is. They can see the word in action by how you live and what you do. They'll see you in the middle of a situation and you just, you say, well, let's just wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. And you just close your eyes. You stand there just a minute. You don't even, don't even say a word. And he said, let's just be quiet. Let's just be quiet just a minute. Think about this. You're not telling them, but you're asking the Holy Ghost to show you what to do. And then when you know what to do and it works and everybody goes, wow, how did you know? And you say, I didn't. The Lord showed me. Does that speak volumes? So a lot of times people could care less about church and religious stuff. But when you get results and things get fixed and deals get made and things happen, they respect that. And you are a light in your field and in your area. Everybody said out loud, God gives more grace. Let's say you've been struggling. In receiving your healing. Or you've been struggling in getting free from some habit. Or some addiction. You know what you need? You need more grace. With enough grace. You can receive anything. With enough grace. You can overcome anything. The grace of God. Is the strength of God. It's the enlightenment of God. Grace is opportunities. Grace Includes the favor of God. Of him inclining hearts towards you. And causing doors to open to you. And situations to become available to you. But you know you don't just get that. Just by making confessions that I have favor. Those who please the Lord. Obtain favor. When you please him. And your ways please him. He will move on people. And incline their hearts towards you. And all that's grace. How many would take some more grace? Would you? How many would receive some more grace? But let's just back up just a little bit. Can you see this? You can retrain your mind. You can renew your mind. That when you come to a place where you feel like I am not able. I don't know how. I can't. Realize it's not true that you can't. All you need is some more grace. With enough grace, your mind can open up. You can learn it. Uh, your, your abilities can develop. You can become able. The Bible does not say you can't. It does say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is that grace? Sure. The strength of God is the gift of God. It's the grace of God. Say it out loud again. He gives more grace. Wherefore he saith God resists the proud. But gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. Now we've touched on this, but I want us to continue on it. Two very important things. Two of the most important things you could ever learn in this life. 
what to yield to and what to resist. Who to yield to and who to resist. Because if you're resisting what you're supposed to be yielding to, (laughs) how many know you're going to have problems? And what if you're yielding to what you're supposed to be resisting? You're going to have problems. It's not going to go well. Go ahead and ask it out loud. Say, Father God, show me please what, who I am to yield to and what, who I am to resist. Help me to see it clearly and know it plainly. In Jesus' name, I ask it. Thank you, Lord. He is faithful to do those kind of things when you ask him to in faith. That's not the end. The thing is, when he shows us, what will we do with it? Because when he shows you, resist this, and you don't, well, then you can deceive yourself. If he shows us, yield to this, and you don't, well, then you can confuse your own self and, and deceive your own self. Very important that when he does answer this prayer, when he does show us these things, that we act on them. Without delay, without arguing and dragging our feet on it. God gives more grace, but who gets it? Not everybody gets it. You already knew that, right? Not everybody gets it. Who gets the grace? There's a group of people that don't get it. Who are they? The proud. The proud. The proud. Now, pride is something we view as American. (laughs) Right? And you even hear people say, well, we're poor, but we're proud. Well, at least I got my pride. (laughs) And in truth, God will deliver you from both conditions. Poverty and pride. If you listen to him and let him. People say, well, I'm proud of my kids. I mean, there, there are some areas where for some pride is good. No. No, I'm sorry. Pride is absolutely of the devil. And God hates it. No exceptions. You can be pleased with your children. You can be thankful for your kids. But don't be proud. Because that's devilish. Remember when uh, Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan and he came up and the Spirit of God came on him? And what did the Father say? He says, my beloved son, and I am so proud of him. (laughs) Oh, people get fighting mad over this pride deal. Wonder why. (laughs) And then you got a whole other group of religious folk that are proud of how humble they are. And how spiritual they imagine themselves to be. What I'm saying is there's a whole lot of stuff that people are confused about in these areas of pride and humility. And if you say, hey, everybody come. We're having a humility conference. (laughs) We're going to learn how to be humble and humble ourselves before the Lord. Oh, man, people tend to stay away by the thousands. Why? Why? They don't see 
the value of it. But they say, well, you know, tell me how to get my bills paid. Tell us how to get healed. Tell us how to... That's it. If you need help in an area, what do you need? What do you need? You need grace. And if you need more help, you need more grace. How many believe with enough of God's help, you can do anything? That's the same way of saying with enough grace. With enough help from God, I don't care if you are flat on your face, broke, pockets hanging out, (laughs) sick, can't even, you know, stay awake long enough to pay attention. If God helps you enough, he can pick you up, strengthen you, put money in your pocket. Do you believe God can help you? With enough of God's help, you can float out of there. You can sail out of there. With enough of his help. With enough of his grace. Who gets the help? The humble get the help. Not everybody gets the help. The proud don't get the help. In fact, the proud get resisted. Not only do you not get helped, but you get hindered. You get opposed. I don't want to be opposed. I want to be helped. Right? Who's going to get it? Then if you really believe this and you understand this, you immediately become very interested in humility. Don't you? In wanting to know what it is. And how do I develop in it? Because it's the only way I'm going to get to help. Oh, friends, this is such a life-changing thing. You, you see it all the time. Take your own self. If you're dealing with a situation and somebody's messed up or somebody needs something, if they roll in on you, demanding, up in your face, arrogant, proud, if they're hard-headed and won't listen, does that make you want to help them? No. Does that make you want to sacrifice No, but if something comes up and they humble themselves and they are willing, you can tell genuinely willing to do whatever they need to do and they are respectful and there's genuine humility there. What does it do to you? It makes you want to help them, doesn't it? Why? Because God's this way and you and I are made in his image and likeness. And that's the way things work with him. You get haughty and mouthy with him, you're going to get resisted. And you just think it's hard. It's about to get harder. Right? (laughs) Oh, but if you'll come to him and if you'll acknowledge. Did you see that next verse there? Verse 7, what did it say? What did it say? Who's going to make you submit to God? Nobody's going to make you submit to God. If you get submitted to God, it'll be because you submitted yourself. Some of the people pray and say, oh, God, make me do right. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. You submit yourself to God. This is you voluntarily coming to him, giving him his rightful place over you, taking your rightful place under him. Saying, you are my God. I wouldn't have a breath if you didn't give it to me. 
I have to have you. Night and day, I am completely dependent on you, and I know it. And I'm acknowledging it. And I am willing to do whatever you say. In your house, there ought to be only one will. His will. How many think in this church, there ought to be only one will? His will. I've had people, you know, uh, say, can we do this? And, and when are we going to do this? And, and why won't you let us do this? And, and I've told folks, you know, I don't do what I want to do. Why should I do what you want me to do? <laughs> I know that's not real to some folks, but we really do pray and seek the Lord and wait on him and endeavor to do what he directs us to do. Amen. I know some people, the way they talk to you, they must think you're just deciding what you want to do and just doing it as it suits you. And that is not the case. This is his church. I'm the under shepherd, not the shepherd, under shepherd, under the big shepherd, under the big boss. (laughs) That's real to me. He is real. He is the head of the church. I've been with groups of preachers before and was just shocked. People are talking about what are we going to do? What are we going? What should we do? Some were upset about this. Some were upset about that. To me, there's only one question. What's the will of the Lord? What did he say? What's his direction? And when you find that out, everybody else was supposed to fall in line behind it and let's go. But it ain't that simple in life. Even amongst believers, even amongst preachers. I kept waiting for somebody to say, what did the Lord say? What's the will of God? They never said it. They said, we need this. We want this. Yeah, but we want this. We need this. And I don't think that's going to work. If the Lord said it, it'll work. If he said, do it this way, it'll work. What did it say? Verse 7, read it out loud. Do what? The understood subject is you. You submit yourself to God. Then what else do you do? Resist the devil and he will what? Hang around and bug you? No. No. He'll flee. But you notice that comes after submitting yourself to God. Amen. When you give God his place over you and you take your place under him, then you're in a position to demand that the devil take his place under your feet. If you're rebellious and won't submit to God, then why should the devil listen to you? You're doing the same thing he is. You're not in a position. To exercise authority. Submit yourself. I know submission is a politically incorrect word. As much of the New Testament has come to be. But do we live by political correctness? Or do we live by this word? And there's people that get off on every subject. And there's folks that have had unpleasant experiences. In different churches and different ministries and different things. Try not to let anything influence your accepting of the Word of God. What does the Word really say? What does it mean? How many know what the truth will do for you? The truth will make you free, including these truths about submitting to God. Now, we, we touched on this, and I'm just kind of introducing this, and, and then we'll, we'll prepare for the rest of it in a later time. You don't have to see the devil to deal with the devil. Did you know that? 
You don't have to see the devil to resist the devil. You, you don't wait till somebody in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork shows up at your door and go, oh, I, I, I'm supposed to resist you. No, it's much more subtle. The enemy comes with thoughts, with feelings, with suggestions, with reasoning. The enemy will try to influence you directly through your mind and feelings and stuff out here. He'll also try to influence you through other people. Won't he? Remember Jesus wheeled around and told Peter, get behind me, Satan. Why? Well, uh, Peter was yielding to some things that the enemy had brought to his mind. And speaking them out and trying to influence Jesus a wrong direction. And so it's not, you don't have to see the devil or see a demon to resist them. Anything that's trying to influence you contrary to the word of God. Anything that's trying to influence you into sin. Try to get you not to walk in the light you have. Not do what you know you should do. Do things you know you shouldn't do. That's the enemy. Resist it. Whether it's coming directly to you or whether it's coming through other people. Now the same thing is true with God. Do you have to see God to yield to him? No. But when thoughts and when the spirit of God moves on you and when the word of God shows things to you, that's God. And God also would influence you through people. And you should yield to that. You should yield to the Word of God. You should yield to the Holy Spirit. And you should yield to those that the Lord is moving through as well. And how does this compare to grace? You started off talking about getting more grace. And of course, if we resist the wrong things, we'll shut off the evil influence. And if we yield to the right things, we got a supply of the Spirit coming in. Right? We're yielding to Him. Read it again. Verse 6. What does it say? God gives. More grace. Wherefore he says. God resists the proud. And gives grace. To the humble. Now we, we may be touching on some things. About humility and pride. But we've already covered a lot. In our series that are available. In the word supply online. We got whole series on these subjects. And if you're interested, and I'm telling you, it'd be worth your time to go through the scriptures with us. Because pride is a very subtle thing. I know the Lord spoke to me as a teenager, reading the Bible. One of the first strong revelations that came to me is the Bible said concerning Moses, that he was meek above all men that were on the face of the earth. And when I read that, I was sitting in the chair. I remember it always, I guess. The Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, did you notice that Moses was the most humble man in his generation? I thought, yeah, I see that. And just right after that, he said, did you also realize he's the most used man of me in his generation? How was he so used? Such grace, such opportunity, such ability, such revelation, such light, such strength. And so I immediately began to be hungry to learn. I said, Lord, teach me. What is pride? What is humility? Because I realized in that moment, I don't know what it is. Show me what it is. And it seemed like for every year thereafter, for a number of years, still to this day, he's showing me one or two or three things throughout the year that's pride. 
And when he'd show it to me, it's not pretty. (laughs) And it don't make you happy. (laughs) But it's in you. And you're looking and you're going, ah, that's pride. That's ugly, stinking pride. And some of the stuff that was handed down to me from generations, it was in my granddad, it was in my dad. We thought it was good. And some people think that being humble and being meek is being weak and passive. Nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus said, come learn of me. I'm meek. Does that mean he's weak? Oh, he's my hero. How about you? You talk about strong. But the reason he's so strong, he has so much grace. Full of grace. Somebody say, full of grace. Full of grace. The most humble. And then the one who humbled himself and became obedient even to death, even to the death of the cross, is also now the one who has been exalted far above all thrones and principalities and every name that is named. In the kingdom of God, the most humble is the most promoted, the most blessed. The most meek is the most empowered, the most graced. If you want more of God... Got to learn how to humble yourself more. And so if you're interested, he'll show you. Anybody want to know? Say that loud, Father God. I love you. I want to please you. Pride, you hate. And so I hate what you hate. You love the humble. You give more grace to the humble. I seek this grace. I desire more of it. Teach me. Help me to understand what is true Christ-likeness, His meekness, His humility, the truth of it, the power of it, and help me to see what pride really is, the ugliness of it, the devilishness of it and help me to see it in me and grace me to deal with it to get it out in Jesus name amen thank you Lord and uh, he will there are things will come up you'll be talking you'll be doing something and he'll put his finger on it and you'll just know oh that's ugly that's pride that's not right I don't want to be like that and just stop right there and repent. If it's just you inside yourself or if you've done something with somebody else, you may need to apologize to them. I said, that's not right. That's forward. That's pushy. That's prideful. That's not right. And uh, you won't get all of this by next Sunday. <laughs> but if you're willing and you're teachable, you'll learn. And you'll grow. And I'm telling you, it'll open your spirit and your soul to the most beautiful things. And the most wonderful things of God. And you will begin to walk in unprecedented favor. Saints, do you believe it? You'll just walk into places and open your mouth. And maybe you used to be a brawling bull in the china shop. Squeaky wheel gets the grease type of person. Demanding. and, And if you'll make this change. That doesn't mean you just give up and, and become weak and passive. No, that's, that's just a, a misconception of what this is about. 
That's why we just got through praying. It takes revelation to even know what these things are. What they really are. Religion has muddied the waters. On this subject big time. And you'll learn how to just pray a prayer under your breath. And just smile and say yes sir. Yes ma'am. When you have time. If you think so. And watch favor sweep around towards you. And things begin to happen. Even when it looked like it didn't work. Three days later you find out it did work. (laughs) And even when it didn't work out with them. God's not going to make people do things. People can be hard headed and just never comply. But God can raise another situation for you. That was twice as good as that situation. And just make you independent of it. Who gets this amazing favor and grace? The humble. And I'm looking at them. Right? Am I looking? Am I looking at them? I'm looking at, stand up on your feet, everybody. This can be a major change in our lives. This can be where our life makes a turn and goes a different direction and winds up at a different glorious destination. Trusting not in our own ability to make these changes, but in the grace of God to help us to become qualified to get the grace of God. It is all by His grace. Close your eyes if you would. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so thankful for everything you've done for us. We're so thankful for what uh, you've done in Christ. And we want to honor this this morning. We love you. And we love what Jesus has done for us. Forever thankful for it. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.